Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. There was a feeling or a stipulation that like, okay, we're going to have to take care of Russell uh, eventually as part of this trade. And Seattle uh, wasn't really prepared to pay this kind of money. Uh, for Russell, they, they knew they wanted to rebuild the roster and kind of start fresh, and there was already some discord, philosophical differences between Russell and Seattle. So when they moved on, you know, Denver probably looked at their roster from uh, the last seven years of quarterback uh, shuffling in and out of Denver, and they said, We're, we'll be glad to pay uh, that $49 million a year. That is Jeremy Fowler from ESPN talking about the big deal that Russell Wilson got. Of course, the Jags will play Denver in London in late October. Brent Martineau up here just across the border in Charlton County, at Charlton County High School, Folkestone, Georgia. We are at, they will host West Nassau tonight. Uh, Charlton County trying to go to 3-0 and on the season. Of course, Georgia got a head start uh, to the regular season. They always start a week earlier. And uh, the real game started flying last week for everybody in northeast Florida. We'll have cameras all around the area from here uh, to... Well, just about everywhere, as you know, on the Friday Night Blitz tonight, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And part of the coverage that we have this year, uh, in conjunction with all our Action Sports Shacks platforms, I'll be doing the show from our game of the week, and that is here, West Nassau, Charlton County, 3-6 to six with ESPN 690. Brent Ortno here, Aaron Schachter. Casey Kurtz back in the studios. Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Fame coach, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour, so we'll really ramp up our high school coverage uh, then and talk a little bit more about what's going on on this Friday night. What's going on right now, fellas, is it's raining a little bit. There it but is. But, hey, you know, here's the deal. No lightning. Don't have to call the life insurance people just yet. Nobody <laughs> actually chimed in on that, but we're waiting. And uh, Or maybe they did on the um, on the, uh, the feeds. Nope, nobody knows, but Brent. Nobody, nobody has any clue. Did you say is your wife was working some insurance? Can't she find out for us? Uh, she She's mad at me, so she's not listening. Oh, oh, what happened? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What'd you do? What? Wait a minute. Amanda's mad at you, so she's not listening? Then what about us? It's a great question. Tweet her. You should tweet her right now. I'm going to. Please do. It'll I'll make her day. I want to find out what upset the House of Kurtz. I, I can tell you how to do with the mail, believe it or not. <laughs> what? The mail system. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Okay. But the mail is the problem today. We're not speaking because of the mail. I think that probably, to me, sounds like there are bigger problems afoot. Yeah, you never know. Today was the mail, though. So uh, that, that's How the situation. How do you get the fight over the mail? Nobody wanted to answer the door. Oh. Yeah. Seems Send blue. worthy. Send blue to the do- door. Oh, I bet blue. he was happy to answer. She. She, sorry. Was at the door, and she was ready to go <laughs> with the barking. But, uh... Yeah, anyway. I have this bad habit, by the way. I call, like, every dog a he. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem, right? You should really uh, check on that. Yeah. Is that Does that really offend people? It, it actually makes Amanda really mad. So now well, she is tuned in. Uh, she's definitely kicked right. off. Now. I hadn't tweeted at her yet, so it's all right. Hold on. She missed that part, hopefully. Oh, good. But, yeah. Hey, you, got some, you got some tweets for us or what, Aaron Schachter? I got some of the stuff that's happening around the world of sports today. I wanted to get your feedback on your reacts. Quick reacts. That's what I'm looking for. We start with something we were just talking about, but I've got a different question on it. The but, mail? Um, yes, the mail. <laughs> we're talking about problems in the House of Kurtz and the mail. <laughs> so, obviously, sources confirm CFP Board of Managers decided to make that uh, 12-team college football playoff during today's meeting. Could start as early as 26, maybe even as soon as 24. Brent, I know we talked about how much you like the idea, but 
Do you think this gets rid of the whole Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State quadrant of teams we're constantly seeing at the end of the year? Well, yes, unless they start cloning themselves. (laughs) 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 Um, But we'll have eight more teams. Uh, So, yeah, I think think that actually will help with that. And I think that's a, a fair question. Will that help with the perception that these other guys are always in it? Now, we could eventually get to whenever the championship is, January, whatever, and the semifinals, and it's still those four teams. And and then I might still be complaining. But at least we <laughs> took a different road there. All right. You know, and, and now we, we'll get the – we've got Notre Dame and Michigan in the mix. We've got Cincinnati in the mix. UCF was in the mix, you know, recently. Oklahoma uh, – Oklahoma State last year made a run at it, if I'm not mistaken. Um I'm leaving somebody out. Uh, but but now we'll get even more of that. Now we'll get – maybe there's another team that emerges from the ACC, right? Maybe there are more Pac-12 teams. Uh, Oregon has. Will Utah be this year? Is USC coming back? Uh, of course, it'll eventually be in the Big Ten. But you get my point. Like, I just need some freshness to this. Uh, I do. Like, I, if it was Yankees-Dodgers every year, we wouldn't like that. Well, it's Yankees-Dodgers every year in college football. Just times two. Fair enough. We're moving on to golf for our next oh, tweet. Thankful. Phil Mickelson making the headlines today. Phil. Phil quoted as uh, getting feedback from the go- the folks that live golf and uh, his friends who still play on the PGA Tour. I'm surprised they're allowed to speak to him on the phone with all the rules. <laughs> Phil says everyone's just appreciative over the new windfall for the sport. And someone found a whole boatload of billions of dollars of cash and has been handing it out. Do you believe it's that easy, or do you believe there's more to this, that uh, there's some bad blood here? No, I, I saw Phil's comments, uh, I think, to Bob Herrig, right, in, in Sports Illustrated. Herrig, I didn't realize, he used to be with ESPN. Now he must be with Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, first of all, let's start with my own personal issues. I yeah, like there, Phil. There are a lot of them. I like Phil. I'm kind of mad at Phil. Yeah, you're not happy with Phil. I think uh, you're like, mad because he... He disrespected the, the, the legacy, the, the, the historic nature of the PGA. Yeah, and here's why I'm a little... Okay, so now we're, now we're all in the thing. Uh, we're all in this uh, narrative of, hey, Phil was right. Phil was... Listen, we all knew the PGA Tour had plenty of money. Like, did anybody not know they had any money, plenty of money? All they're doing now is sharing it. And by the way, Live Golf, and I think there's an element of that. They forced their hand a little bit. And I've been actually probably more than others, complimentary of the way PGA Tour responded, said, okay, we'll open it up a little bit. Here's some more money. <laughs> I mean, they had the wherewithal to do it. They had the business structure to do it. They didn't have to go take a loan from the bank to do it. I mean, in many respects, people call that big good business. The problem was it was like a monopoly of a business, and some people didn't like that. The thing, the problem I've had over the, the this whole run with Phil specifically, Casey, and I know you're a very neutral observer, not like me, when it comes to live PGA Tour. But I, I got mad at Phil because I didn't think he gave enough credence to the tour that helped build him and fund, like, his gambling and his everything and his lifestyle and all of this. Like, he dismissed it like they weren't doing enough, and they weren't doing anything. Right. There's, a to- there's a big difference between the two. Like, Phil Mickelson has had a hell of a life because of the PGA Tour and <clears throat> more specifically Tiger Woods than a lot of people could ever dream of. And yet he sat there playing victim a little bit on this. And I feel ain't a victim, people. The other thing that I think is 
a little bit misleading from Phil, and he finally tried to go out of his way in this article to say, listen, I appreciate the PGA Tour. And this was my problem with Phil the last few months. Why did he do this at all? Casey, you know the PGA Tour is very quiet. They do not spill other people's business. They protect the players a lot. And you're telling me that Phil didn't have some business that was protected over the years? It sure seems like it if you read the tea leaves. And so there was, there's always like him flipping his nose at the PGA Tour, yet I feel like they helped make him and help protect him at times, and he never gave them enough love for that on his way out the door. That bothered me. He, at least he did a little of that today. Yeah, it um, it probably was not handled great when he left, and that's the the argument, and that's what you're not okay with, and that's what a lot of people aren't okay with. And I at least can respect that point of view because you're probably right. He didn't give enough love to what made him. I will agree with you there. And I think if that's the argument, and it's the argument that, that you just gave, and it's a fair one, I absolutely think it's fair. You know, my problem comes more with the other stuff that Phil gets attacked for that I don't agree with, but... I think to the point you're making right here, yes, he should have handled it a different way when he left, and I guess now how many months later to, I guess, give them their just due, is it is what it is. But, yeah, it could have been handled differently, and I think that's the biggest problem I have with it as well. I don't Aaron, love, I, I, I was going to go say, off this real quick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead I was just going to say, I don't love your take with Phil and the PGA only because a, a lot of your take is like Phil should be thank, more thankful to the PGA. Well, the PGA should be more thankful to Phil. It's not like he was – out there getting favors done for him alone. He was out there making the PGA fun to watch, especially with that rivalry with Tiger for a little bit. Like, he was he was putting that's eyeballs on the sport. Well, that's a good point, and the one I wouldn't... Again, I could say he rode the coattails of Tiger on that. That's fair. Which the platform was the PGA Tour. I mean, you got to give a, get a platform, you yeah. know? You can't do this stuff without a platform. Okay. And so some of that's platform. But I would say Phil did offer a lot as well. One to the rivalry. And to what I would say as a left-handed golfer, but I, I don't say this selfishly, look around. <laughs> he changed the – no, I did. I mean, he changed it. Over the last 20 years, you know, we talked about the influence Tiger Woods had on the game. From a left-handed golfer standpoint, I'm telling you, there are like millions of more left-handed golfers out there because of Phil Mickelson. So, like, you can go to any course and you can see a Phil Mickelson in, influence. You can go to any course and you see a Tiger Woods influence. From minority golfers to the diversity in the game to – uh, the way they're hitting it in the swings to what they're wearing. But Phil Mickelson, too, impacted, to your point. So um, I think it's a good point. I would say this, and I asked you guys this in a break. I never brought it up yesterday. I thought about it yesterday. Can you imagine if we got, like, a Ryder Cup type of format between Liv and the PGA Tour? They should really consider doing something like that. Yeah, how much TV viewership that would bring? It'd be dope, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, it would be so good. Even Here's though the, the PGA would smash them. I mean, it the, would be. Well, I think the PGA would smash them, but also the, the PGA no would sleep. be in a no-win situation, right? Like, why would you do that right now? Like, if you lose, it's real ugly. Yeah, and so, so like, yeah, you're, not, you're the bully on the block still. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it right now, but you're still the bully on the block. So w why even risk anything? But I will say, Phil had some interesting comments that made me think more of two things. And I don't think Phil is wrong here. The golfers are benefiting. And in a lot of ways, if you're open-minded like Casey and not like me, the golf fan is benefiting. And so that's not a bad thing when you look at it. Um, the other thing that Phil mentioned is where is this thing going? He's like, this is just the beginning. Eventually, this will be good for everybody, he said. And 
there's got to be a bigger picture plan. And maybe there is some unification down the road. It might not be with Jay Monahan because he might be like Brent and be like, listen, I don't want to ever talk to those guys. But somebody might come along that morphs the two together. And it might be when a guy like Greg Norman's out of the way. See, right now, Greg Norman to me is such a villain in all this because a lot of people think he's doing it just as revenge at the tour. And he's already a jerk. So, I mean, he's like, that's, to me, that's my number one reason why I don't like Liv is Greg Norman. Like, I can't, I can't support what Norman is doing. And there are other reasons to not like the Liv stuff if, you, if you're in my camp. But I'm not getting behind the Greg Norman thing. Yeah. And I want, you know, and so maybe when he's out of the way, do people like me feel a little bit, hey, interesting, maybe we can do some fun things here, you know? I never was mad at the European tour or the Asian tour or whatever tour. So uh, I think once we lose the initial part of this, where it ends up at some point, it could be a really cool place for golf, by the way, and maybe there is a Ryder Cup type, type format at some point between live golfers and uh, PGA Tour golfers. Because I'll end it with this. I know I've talked too much on this tweet, but the the one thing about it is most of the golfers are still friendly. Like, Rory has really, really put a flag in the ground on this, and he's taking some shots at him, and that's fine. He's talking trash, and he can beat anyone, anyone on the planet. But you look at, like, Billy Horschel, who's really good buddies, fishing buddies, go out to eat buddies with Cam Smith, and they both live in Ponte Vedra. Like, he ain't mad at Cam Smith. So he'd probably, probably like, be. he'd probably be like, Brent, why are you mad at Cam Smith? <laughs> good question. <laughs> you know? So, like, I, I think there's a nature of that that will soothe everything. This isn't like this big rivalry thing. They get along. And, and I think they'll continue to get along for the most part. I think you're right, though. It may have to wait until Monaghan's retired and you have the next generation of league managers out there that they bring this thing back together or at least until Liv gets bigger or better and the PGA feels like it's an actual threat versus one of these ankle biters but I think in the future yeah they probably do come together if uh, Liv doesn't eventually fall tweet again what do you got all right moving to the NFL breaking news earlier today Bears president CEO Ted Phillips retiring at the end of 2022 big story here is the fact that uh, Big Ted over here is only the fourth team president in the history of the Bears. 100 years for the Bears, just four team presidents. Good thing or a bad thing, you think? Do you like the loyalty of the team, or do you think it kind of hurts? Yeah, uh, probably at the later stages that hurts, right? Loyalty, longevity, continuity, I think at some point runs out, and you're afraid to pull the plug. Because that's an and impressive run and an impressive position in the franchise. Only four people have had it in the last yeah, it's ama- it's hundred amazing. years. And, and honestly, I don't even know how big his influence is. Like, I don't even know the name. I'm not that familiar with the name. Like, who knows presidents outside? Like, I know Mark Lamping, you know? But outside of that, like, I couldn't name presidents of teams. But to, to be the CEO of an organization, you know the influence is all over the place. Yeah, and again, but I do think, listen, we do this with coaching, right? And maybe you guys disagree, but tell me. Like, Bobby Bowden, a lot of people thought, Listen, they weren't going to kick him out, but he hung on maybe a little bit too long, right? Yeah. Um, there are instances like that. Then there are others like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the greatest sign of, of continuity over the last, I don't know, what's what's even the number now, 50 years? Chuck Noll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. Tomlin? Yeah. And by the way, that's not running out. No, it hasn't hurt him either. No, that's fine. I mean, I haven't won a Super Bowl since like 10 or 09 or something like that, but, but they're always good and always dangerous and always relevant. So I really think continuity in sports is a really good thing for the most part. And I really believe that 
Shad Khan, many a times over this last decade of ownership, has tried to duplicate it, and that's why he's been as loyal and patient. It does seem that way, right? Because he's trying to get into that mode where you're not changing all the time. But there because is a fine line. You know, you look at a guy like Tom Coughlin and the struggles he had as his uh, time here in Jacksonville came to an end the second time, and you got to wonder, are there some positions, and maybe it's not CEO, but maybe it's closer to the player-facing positions, that maybe you require... Uh, fresh blood more often or an updating of the kind of philosophy or mentality there versus something like a CEO or team president when you're tasked with running an organization, not just player personnel, but the front office, everyone who works for the organization, all of the tentacles you have spread out and all of these franchises keep continuing to spread those tentacles out further and further, creating new businesses around their main business. Maybe that's where that longevity and loyalty counts a little bit more, at least to me. Well, I think you're right. I mean, first of all, they're totally different animal. Mark Lamping is not going to be on the leash that Doug Peterson is on. For sure. You know, I mean, it's just not going to happen. And Mark Lamping, by the way, has done a lot of very good things at Jacksonville. I'm just using that close-to-home example. Uh, and I think overall, people in those positions stay in their job longer than not. So it might not be as surprising to see the long run, but I think it speaks more to a longevity play in sports in general, and that's where you bring up Pittsburgh. That's where you bring the on-the-field changeovers. Like, Cleveland was a great example of this. It was like, new coach, new coach, new coach, new coach, every year, every two years, every year, every two years. Like, it's just you can't, like, learn anything. You can't win like you, that. You can't do that. And so Shad knew that. Shad tried to avoid that. Shad was going at the Pittsburgh model or the models of Tom Brady and the same offensive coordinator for a long time. Like, he's not wrong. Problem is, you've got to find the right one. And I think the great irony in all of this was Shad. And I've said this, and I don't think it's been talked about enough, but I, I guess I have the power to do that if I want. The... <laughs> uh, the, the Urban Meyer, when we look back on this at some point, the Urban Meyer thing was a disaster. And I think we can debate how we got to him getting fired and what was the final thing of why he got fired. But the reality is, Shad Khan, who had been very loyal to a lot of people over the years that people wanted gone before he had them gone, pulled the plug on Urban Meyer on a Wednesday evening late at night. And when he did that, he ripped the Band-Aid and moved on. What really could have been detrimental to this organization even more is if he hung on with and, and was gave him another chance and was loyal and said, I paid him this much money and where to give him time. It's only been 13 games. It's not even a year. You could have easily seen any owner doing that, especially shot. But he didn't. And that was a big, don't, don't sleep on how big of a deal that was that he at least for whatever reason, maybe it forced his hand. What you can, I don't care the why. It happened. He pulled the plug on it and moved on to the next thing because if he had waited and Trevor was still with Urban, now you're really talking about damaging the young man and wasting the number one overall pick and wasting a talent. Instead, they found the next guy for Trevor. They've been able to move on from it quicker because they pulled the plug quicker on Urban Meyer. I don't think that should be taken lightly, especially with an owner who had been very patient in previous regimes. Yeah, it's pretty, it is pretty stark to see him make the decision midseason. It just goes to show how toxic of a situation that was, how dysfunctional that uh, locker room had become. Yeah, shows how bad it was that he did have to pull the plug, right? Yeah. And again, I'm not talking the why here. It happened. That's yeah. the most important part. I got one more tweet for you, Brent. <laughs> this tweet is from Brent Martineau. Oh, <laughs> the tweet says, what the hell is happening here? 
You got a break back. You got a picture of Bear Son. You just met Bear Son today. Are you going to go back and look for him before you leave? Where is Bear Son? You got to track him down. You got to look on Twitter. We got to find a website that's going to track this guy. Right. You got to get out and take a picture with Bear Son. You can't just do it driving by in a car. You got to commit. Maybe he's coming up here to Folkestone. So this is the story. I'm glad you put this up there. If you missed the top of the show, I was driving, actually turned around, got a picture of this thing, and then got another picture on my way back up north to Folkestone. I never seen anything like it. I couldn't even concentrate talking on the phone to my mom. And so there it is. Bear Sun is what we figured out. Walking across the country or running across the country, right? Looked like walking to me. <laughs> Not really putting much hustle behind it. What? It, I don't know what's more ridiculous, by the way, that I saw this or the fact that when I tweeted about it, somebody knew who it was. Yeah, they really educated us. Or the Both fact are that, unlikely. <laughs> the fact that you saw it and then had to turn the car around and drive back to snap the pictures. Yeah, the turnaround yeah. is a is a heck of a play there. That was a good good part of the story. Like I was like, all right, should I keep going? What? And by the way, you guys don't know what happened. I didn't tell this part of the story. Oh, but okay. I'm on the phone, right? Yep. And so you know, you know, one bad feature I think of the iPhone, which I get it, but I don't love it. So I'm on the phone and I got the Bluetooth going in the in the car. And so I'm like, oh, I gotta get my, I gotta get the picture of this thing. So I immediately flip it around, right? Like I'm taking a selfie because I've already passed old Bear Son. <laughs> So I'm like, I just got to get a shot of it. Well, I missed. <laughs> like, I was too late. I missed. So I was yeah. like, oh, I got to turn around. Yeah. So then I'm still talking to mom. And I almost hung up on mom because the iPhone, you can't have video while you're on the phone. Uh, they don't want you to record the audio. Yes. Mm. So, like, I get it, but I, I wish it didn't happen. Yeah. I wish I could trump it. Yeah. Because I was trying, I was like, it's either I got to hang up on mom or I'm just snapping pictures here. And the pictures worked fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, video might have been better. Like, I might have got a wave. Like, I might have talked to Bearson. I you think really the should. one flaw in your, not really plan, because this was not planned. This is execution. Your execution was, if you're going to turn around, if you're going to make the decision to start driving the opposite direction in your car, you have to at least figure out what's going on. So the fact that you turned around and then reported in, I still have no idea what's going around, but I turned around, I think you did a disservice by not finding out I more see. information. You You're, are a journalist, right? Like, that is, at your core, what you are. You're saying he yeah. took half measures. He, he was half-stepping today. Okay, but wait. I'm I saying you... he was scared low-key to walk up on this thing. I mean. No, I want two things <laughs> right to happen so. right now. Before we go to break, I want two things to happen. I'm sorry again for the radio listeners. Just go find this on Twitter, and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I want you to look through these pictures. And I want you to look at picture number two. And Bearson almost gets hit by a car in picture number two. Because look at the road. It's a two-lane road with not a lot of room. Yeah, you I want see me it. to stop? <laughs> I want, like, I where guarantee do you want me to stop? You've pulled over for worse. Brent, you did a radio show with me on the side of a water park <laughs> in the middle of the road. Okay? So I know you're capable of these type of things. You're not scared to park the truck anywhere. Okay? I know you at this point. There's plenty of room for you. By the way, this guy was very close to the road. It is kind of dangerous. Pull off a little farther away, maybe in somebody's driveway. Safety. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying this could have been the lead story on Action News Jackson 5 if is, you would have reported in with your information. Is it possible Bearson wanted a ride? Could Probably. Have, could have hopped in the bed room. of the truck. Now, that would have been something if Bearson just came out of the back of this. If you would have showed right up now. to today's show with Bearson in tow, that would have been the best show ever.
And instead, all we have is some semi-okay pictures. Okay, and now there's one other element here that you guys are missing. I didn't know all this stuff as it was happening. I thought it was some freak show just walking down the side of the road in a mascot outfit. Which is why you needed to investigate. Listen, uh, I'm not... You were scared. Say it. You were scared of Bearsome at the time. (laughs) I was probably a little scared. You did... You made a business decision to say, you know what? I don't want this smoke because I don't know what the person in the costume is capable of, and I really don't want to find out. Also, Bearsome sounds like uh, something Mr. Miyagi would find at the zoo. Delphonic coming up big. You got to check Delphonic out on social media. By the way, I mean, listen, if you guys have no idea what we're talking about, just like... Follow social media for a moment and go check it out today. It was fascinating. I wonder where Bear Sun is. I want the tracker on Bear Sun. I'll go home the same way, but I don't think I'll see him. If you do, it's a serious problem on his part. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't getting across the country. That's going to be like, what's with this creep in the white pickup? I've seen him six times today. This is the guy that turned around in the middle of the road just to take pictures of me. We'll be back on ESPN 690. ESPN 690. You're listening to Action Sports Jacks. Aaron Schachter hanging out with you guys. The Red Menace, Casey Kurtz in the control room. Brent Martineau live from Charlton County today. Friday Night Blitz coming up tonight. He's out there watching some high school football. Stepped away from the truck, but that's all right, Case. We got a lot going on here today. We really do. All week long, by the way, we've been giving away $1,000 five times every day, five grand every single weekday, and we're going to do it again next week. As a matter of fact, Casey, we're going to do it for like the next six or seven weeks. It's a lot of weeks. ESPN 690 is paying those bills. How about that? Monday morning, 8 a.m., be listening right here. Matter of fact, forget Monday morning, 8 a.m. You still got one more shot to win today, Casey. 5 p.m. today. Very soon. If you're trying to get those electric bills paid for the next few months, make sure you're listening in. You'll hear a special keyword. You'll want to text that keyword to 70123 before 15 past the hour, and then you're in the running for that $1,000. That's all you got to do is just text a keyword, and then you're picking up that cash. It's just that easy. It's literally. In the meantime, I think it's time to talk a little bit of college football. We've been looking at our picks how did we do last week, Casey? Remind it doesn't us. matter. It was preseason. Oh, yes, it right. did. Two and one over here. Oh, oh thanks for coming to work. Um, yeah. yeah. I was talking to my, talking to my guy, Gant Geiger, over here at, at uh, Folkestone. Remember, I was up here for the high school baseball playoffs. Remember that? Remember that? They were in the state yeah, championships. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I was just talking to the baseball team. I'm like, listen, I'm like a native up here at Folkestone. Apparently, Apparently not, because you didn't stop. For our guy, Bearson. Bearson, thank you. <laughs> they, don't, they don't claim him. They don't claim him. Well, here. maybe they should. <laughs> they don't claim him. Fred <laughs> uh, Martin, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. Uh, we are at Charlton County High School. Take on West Nassau in our game of the week. We'll have our Blitz scoreboard show at 9 o'clock tonight. All our Friday coverage presented by Baker Sports and Dimnick Buick GMC. All right on the back of the truck here on a Friday afternoon. Tailgating in time for a 7.30 kickoff tonight between West Nassau and Troughton County. All right, tell them, Casey. I was 2-1, and one, wasn't I? I know. But it's time for a new week. That's all I know. The preseason's over. It's time for the real thing. Come on. Brett can only win when it doesn't count. <laughs> now that it counts, be ready for the fold. All right. He's like wet cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Uh, you won last year, right, Casey? Uh, going away. When nothing was on the line. So I'm not going to lie to you. It did get very <laughs> uncomfortable at the end, but I did win. All the way into the Super Bowl. So here's the deal. Our uh, picks each week. I didn't tell Aaron this, by the way, so he'll be hearing this. Oh, yeah, this, this is a surprise. Okay, great. Surprise to the picks. Let's do it. So our picks of the week, each and every week, are going to be presented by Devoli's House of Cards. Nice. All right? And Mark Devoli is going to join us for the picks. Now, he's going to pick some games. Sometimes he'll join us. Today, he sent them in to me. Do we think uh, uh, Mark is real competition or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, thankfully, we're not, like, trying to raise money against them or anything. Um, we're just picking a couple games. But, yeah, I think he's, he's got some chops in this. All right. So here's, here's what we did that you don't know, Aaron. Okay. We had to put something on the line. I'm sick of so, winning for nothing. So each this is where this talk about folding. This is where Casey will fold. Now the pressure ramps up. I know. We're going to get to his run. wallet. All right? And so each week on the picks, the loser of the week has to buy a pretty decent pop box or pack of cards from Devoli's House of Cards. Okay. Now, there'll be different thresholds. I got to buy a bigger one since I got an outdoor fireplace. Yeah, you do. Uh, then, Don't let the people forget it, baby. Then, uh, then Casey. That's that doesn't right. come up as much as it should. Outdoor That's... fireplace in Florida. It's hot as hell outside, and Brett's got a fireplace. That's a nice place. I like to use it this weekend. And... Aaron, I don't know where you are in the tax bracket stuff, but I'm what you're willing to low, spend. Very low in the tax bracket. Above me, though. I know no, you're always no, sharing Dunkin' much. Donuts with the whole station, so I don't know if you're buying or not. But No, that's a freebie, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, you you know, there's got to be a threshold here. And then, of course, Mark Devoli, I mean, he owns the place. He doesn't even have to buy it. Yeah, he just takes it But if he the loses stock. the week, he's got to present. So a little, uh, let me go a little quicker here. We put, we open the cards each week, okay. the next week, okay. that box or pack, and anything that's good that we could eventually sell or want to keep goes into this pool. And at the end of the year, the overall winner wow. gets the pool of cards, wow. and they can, they can keep the cards, they can sell the cards, and they get to keep the money from the cards. Love it. And if I lose, I might buy them from you straight up. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so there we go, <laughs> man. It. Hey, Love it. Hey, Austin. Hey, Austin. Wow. Aaron. No, Sorry. I'm good with it. It a, doesn't hurt my feelings at a, all. It's fine. Aaron, uh, here, here's this. You know this very well because you've been around Casey. But it's not often that I come up with an idea and he likes it. No, it's never. Very, I gave very him. Rare. I just came up with this today at like noontime. Noontime, that is. Just at noon is when he came up with it, actually. Noontime. <laughs> noon. And, noontime. And I called Casey. And I'm like, Casey, what do you think? He loved the idea, man. He was all in. I was. So I'm excited about this idea because Casey's excited about this idea. <laughs> It's all that matters. Some of your other ideas that I keep hearing through the grapevine kind of suck, so I'm glad you finally had a good one. <laughs> well, speaking of sucking today, Amanda thinks you do too. Yeah. She said this on Twitter. I've been watching, but here's the truth. One, he was mad at me, and two, he wouldn't answer it when I was unable for my passport, which is now missing. Payback. So shocking, Casey. I took mad Blue at for a new toy, so she forgives you. Sorry, Blue. Love you, little girl. <laughs> you should give Blue a toy sometime. Why does, I should. Why does your wife call you a little girl, Casey? I think you're talking about blue. Are you sure? I was you talking sure? about blue. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, no, she does I, sometimes. I ad-libbed that in just to make up for calling she a he. Yeah, there you go. Got it. You know what's funny? I told Aaron we'd get into this segment earlier than seven minutes in and we'd start <laughs> the picks. But here we are. Nonetheless, I hope you're ready. Oregon, you can hear this game on ESPN 690. Oregon, Oregon, doesn't matter. They're coachless. They lost their coach to Miami. And they are getting 16 points in 
Atlanta against the Georgia Bulldogs again on ESPN 690. Will Georgia cover the 16 points, Aaron Schechter? You know, Bo Nix made that move from Auburn to Oregon. He did. Uh, you, you know well about it. Apparently, the whole family is just war eagle. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, before he tucked his tail around for the Pacific Northwest, he made sure to notch three losses against the University of Georgia. I think this will be number four for Bo. Picking Georgia. Uh, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to say I, I think I like Georgia here, too. It's a lot of points, but, man, they're just reloading, and it's a home game for them. Uh, Mark Devoli from Devoli's House of Cards says, Oregon, he's taking the 16 points. What say you, Casey? I see who my real competition is going to be this year. It's Mark Devoli. That's hashtag too many points. Give me Oregon. They lose the football game, but they cover the points. That's really all that matters. We go down to the swamp. Utah minus three. Florida at home and getting three points. I will start. Utah goes undefeated this season, so they win wow. the football game in the swamp, and they cover wow. the points. Wow. This is a scary game, I think, in, in a lot of ways. Utah is a better football team. Like, the three is nothing. But it's the swamp. And it feels like, wait a minute, Brent. You're going to pick Utah over Florida? Like, that just doesn't look right on paper. But I'm going to do it anyway. And I'll take Utah by three. Meanwhile, Mark Devoli says he's got the Gators in the swamp. Well, Devoli's not alone. I'm picking the Gators in the swamp as well. Now, look, Gators got gouged a little bit on the ground last year by a few teams. And this Utah team can run the ball. But uh, in the swamp, this line has moved a little bit. If Anthony Richardson can deliver on any of the hype, then uh, this will be a win for Florida. Another game you can hear on ESPN 690. By the way, three of the six games that we picked this week on ESPN 690. This is another one. Notre Dame, and again, a big spread. 17 points they're getting as they head to play C.J. Stroud in Ohio State. Uh, Aaron. How you feeling? I'm feeling like C.J. Stroud is going to come out slinging. And by the way, he's not alone in Jigba, Travion Henderson. I mean, these are all Americans. OSU is going to come out there, put some points on the board, even against Notre Dame. Yeah, here, here's the thing about that. This one was a surprise to me. It's like, what would you say? Is it 17 and a half still? Is that what it is? 17 straight. 17? I can't believe it's that much. I think Notre Dame is going to be inspired. I know they, they don't have the horses Ohio State does, but I think they're going to play inspired here without Brian Kelly. I think that's a real thing. There's momentum there. And so I'm going to take Notre Dame to keep it close enough. I don't think they'll win, but I'm going to, they're going to keep it close enough. You got a pick for Mark Devoli? Oh, sorry. Uh, Notre Dame as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. Too many points. Hashtag too many points. The final pick of the week is the final game of the week. It's on ESPN 690. And it is the Florida State Seminoles at 1-0 in New Orleans, but not in Death Valley. They will play LSU, who is favored by three. I'll start. FSU wins the football game. Put it that way. Nice. Yeah, I'm with you on that case. I don't know if you're done or not, but uh, I'll jump on the back of that. I think FSU wins. You know, uh, LSU gave up 114 yards a game last year on the ground. Yep. We know FSU can run the rock, so hopefully they expose that this weekend. What is the line? Three. Yeah, I'm going LSU here. I gotta, I gotta see it. It's in New Orleans. Uh, I just feel like LSU, even when they're bad, they still get good players. They still get athletes, dogs. I don't know if I see enough of that yet from Florida State. I'd like to. I hope FSU wins the game. But I'm going LSU, and so is Mark Devoli. So uh, that's the pick segment, Casey Kurtz, brought to you by Devoli's House of Cards, with a pack or box of cards on the line this week. Yeah, it is true. And don't go anywhere. We're keeping the music because Aaron has some good stats for the last segment. So we're going to keep rolling. Brent Martineau, I need a college football playoff from you right now. Right now? Oh, we're going to keep going now? That is what I just said. 
Oh, okay. I thought you were, like, getting us to break, and we're going to keep going after the break. We're going uh, now. Aaron wants to talk Albert Pujolson. <laughs> we're going to do it. Yeah, we, don't, we don't have to. If we're we want to go to break, we can come back and finish up with the college football playoff. I can save my Pujol stuff for Monday or Tuesday. No, 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 no. We got, we got time. Let's, uh, let's knock this out of the park. Uh, this is uh, something I haven't thought a lot about. Um, so I'm going to – I'm not going to pick Alabama. I just don't wow. it, give it to my – I just don't allow myself to do it. And so I'm going to pick out of the weeds comes USC. Oh, that's my – all right. <laughs> Got excited fine. there. Yeah. I am going to take Ohio State. They're back in. I am going to say Georgia is back in. With Stetson Bennett, or maybe they have some changes along the way. And – uh then my last one here, do we take two teams from the SEC uh, or not? And I don't like Oklahoma this year at all. Um, if you're stepping around on Utah or something? Nah, yeah, let's do it. Let's go Utah. Let's take two teams from out west. Is it impossible? No, it's not, not, impossible. not impossible. Anything's possible. Speaking of anything being possible, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know the connection there, but I go almost chalk on this one. I'll go Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia as near locks, despite Brent's uh, dismay. And then for my fourth team, I was going USC right there. I think they'll make their way in there. in there. I will go Alabama. I will go Ohio State. I will go Utah. As I told you, they'll be undefeated. And I'm going Baylor. Wow. The Baylor Bears. Mark it up. Hot take. They're in the college football playoff. The question now, the only one that remains, who wins? Yeah. The Big 12, by the way, is really a tricky one, isn't it? Because, like, Oklahoma feels like they got gutted. Oh, Baylor's really good. I know, but Baylor's Baylor. Exactly. Good football program. Been for a long time. They'll be in the college football playoff. Uh, I'm going to go... Ohio State wins the national championship. Aaron? Following Brent down that aisle, man. I'm really? Just, there's, everyone's just expecting Alabama to walk through the season, so I can't do it. But uh, Ohio State is loaded for Bear, and I really believe in C.J. Stroud. You may remember, Brent, last year Bearson? I picked... Oh, not Bear. <laughs> loaded for Bearson. You may remember I picked Iowa State to win the title last year. It was a good pick. It just unfortunately did not come true. So this year, as badly as I want to pick a Utah team or a Baylor team, and nobody else did it, you might as well be right at some point in time. Give me the Crimson Tide. Yeah, good idea, probably. Yep. It's a good idea. I, tried to get, I, was thinking, I was thinking of getting USC all the way in, but because I got two teams from the West, that probably won't even happen. So, But USC could be sneaky now. Hey, I don't want to see that either. Like, I'm kind of rooting against them, aren't you? Lincoln Riley? No, not really. I'm, I'm fine with it. What you got on pool holes? You don't root against anybody. I, you got to get a little more mad at people. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, Brent is having a dementia moment. <laughs> when uh, when we come back, Brent, I got some stats on Albert Pujols' August. Uh, one for the record books. Mm. I, wa- I want to review some of like these. I want to review some of these numbers with you and see if you're still finding them credible or not. <laughs> you're um, you're again you're attacking anti pools. We'll be back on ESPN six ninety. We're live at Charlton County High School in Folkestone, Georgia.
Action Sports Tax on ESPN 690. Aaron Schachter with Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau, live from Charlton County. Friday Night Blitz tonight, kicking off at 9 p.m. The most comprehensive high school football coverage anywhere. You ain't going to find a better show anywhere when it comes to high school football sports. Brent, I told you I had some Albert Pujols stats I wanted to run by you. Yeah, I'm hoping, Albert Pujols hate coming from you. <laughs> I'm hoping you keep an open mind here. <laughs> Let's talk about Albert's August because it was one for the record. A crazy, crazy August by anyone's standards, much less for a 42-year-old guy who's hanging it up right after this season. His OPS for August was 1.224. That's the highest OPS in August of any major league hitter who got at least 65 plate appearances. The highest in the league. 85 points higher than anybody else in the sport. There's only been one other player in history who had a 1.2 OPS or better in any calendar month. It was Barry Bonds in April 07, 1.349. Pujols, by the way, also slugged 803. You know who else? The only other person <laughs> at this age to do that? I see where you're going here. Barry Bonds, 8-14, April 2007. No one else has even slugged 700 in any month. You know who had the best slugging percentage in the big leagues last month? Albert Pujols again. As a matter of fact, he had only two months slugging 800 in his 20s, none in his 30s. He just slugged 803 and 42 in real life. He had eight home runs, Brent. Here's a list of guys who have never hit eight home runs in any month this season. Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Jose Ramirez, Alex Bergman. Heard of any of those guys? I have. He hit five home runs in five games. By the way, also six in eight games. Also seven in ten games during the month of August. He had a day where he was four for four with two home runs. Pujols, the oldest player to ever have a four for four two homer game. Only four other men have ever had a game like that at any point after turning 40 years old. Stan the Man, Babe Ruth, one of my favorite players of all time, Ricky Henderson, and Willie Stargell. Brent, you're still on the Pujols train. It's still a Cinderella story to you? Well, I don't know about Cinderella, but <laughs> can I make the argument that uh, Pujols was fresher than most of those guys because he hardly played much? Like, he's had very limited at-bats. Okay. Apparently, right. he's, he's being real efficient with it, putting it to good use. How many at-bats does he even have this year, right? I mean, it, really, over the last couple of years, he's been very limited. So, um, I don't know why that is. I can't uh, – th- that's pretty good evidence. I don't that, know if it's damning evidence. Are you the only one that thinks that this is happening, or is there some more speculation? Because I haven't seen about that. Like, that, I haven't seen mainstream speculation, but only because any respectable journalist wouldn't actually say something like that. <laughs> I am not a respectable journalist. I'm an everyman. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Hopefully it's not the case. But uh, anyway, can he get to 700 by the end of the month? It seems like he, he might get there next week. <laughs> this week, uh, we'll see if he can get there. Um, coming up, we've got some a lot of stuff going on here. The wind is coming. The weather's coming in. Probably just lost the video feed. We did almost just broke the camera. The the, the, the one of the umbrellas already just went down. Bad. This could get ugly here at Charlton County, but we got football at five coming up anyway. But have to run for cover when we come back on ESPN 690. Have a good weekend, Aaron.